good Tuesday evening. Welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies Tuesday Night Flight. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG sitting in with the man that is probably next to myself and maybe on the same level with BJ, probably the biggest Big L fan you can find, the Midnight Rider. What's up, folks? And we have a special guest tonight uh, for our Joe the Fan segment. We too, baby. Uh, none other than my first child was a man child. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was told to describe him as my crotch fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about all that. <laughs> my guy, my quarterback. That's my quarterback, my man Dario. Dario, how you feeling tonight? I'm I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm feeling good. So much energy, oh, man. We gotta calm him down already. <laughs> yeah, man. He just he just off the dag on chain, boy. Jeez, slow down, son. We we just got here. Um, midnight rider, how you feeling tonight? Man, I'm good, man. Um, I gotta figure out what I'm eating for dinner, but other than that, I'm good. Mm. I got a late star, so I'm trying to do my best with this these two chicken breasts, I guess, and call it a day. Already been cooked? No, sir. Yes, sir. We late night cooking. Uh, season them things up, pan sir them a little bit, little rice, lay them on a bed of rice. Uh, we Just might do that. Get some olive oil, some string beans. See, we don't have string beans. Mm. This is like chopped in here. I got the chicken breasts, I got some other stuff, but I ain't got everything. It's like Friday. <laughs> Chicken, no rice. Ah, uh, ham, no potatoes. Yeah, I got some. I think I got some mashed potatoes in there. So oh, I might. Do you, you got actual potatoes? No, I'm doing. If I'm doing this, dog, I gotta cooking at nine o'clock because we're probably gonna be an hour. I'm not <laughs> going. I'm not, not, not mashing potatoes, bro. No, I wasn't. Go, I wasn't gonna make you mash potatoes. No, what you do is you. <sighs> Welcome to the cooking part of the show. You wash that potato off real good, wrap it in some, some ram wrap, put it in the microwave for three minutes. Add three minutes, turn it over. Three minutes, turn it over. Make sure it's nice and soft. Cut it down the middle, drop a pat of butter in there, season it up real good. Get you some cheese down the middle, put it in there for 45 seconds. Bring it out, put your chives and your sour cream on top. You got yourself a baked potato to go with your, your, your pan seared chicken. I don't like microwaving stuff, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm a, with certain things, I'm just a purist, I guess. I, I can understand that. I can understand that. No, 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 uh, no shade thrown here. So oh, that's all good. I got shade the other day. Um, what was it? Three weeks ago, I went to make ribs, and I knew the guy was gonna say something because he had like this shirt, and he had like the whole cow on his shirt. And I'm telling the lady I gotta make the ribs in the oven because I'm not using my grill today. The level of disgust and judgment that that brother had in his face, uh, was like beyond. Beyond belief, man. He, he probably just wanted to take my black card and everything. So um, I ain't seen him since. So he probably ducking and dodging me. Don't even come to the store when I'm in the store because he don't even want to see it. It's it's okay. It's all yeah, right. see. Well, since we're talking about Dario, what you cooking tonight? Um well I, I already ate. <laughs> I, I had um tuna fish sandwich. What kind of chips? Um Ooh. I had some uh, the original Lay's. Ooh, that is okay, good. Okay. Okay. So, um, 
Drink. What do we go with drink? Is it a fountain drink? Is it a regular soda? Um, I just had a, a purple power rate. I don't really like soda that much. Okay, okay. All right. I duck a little bit for the drink, but if you don't drink sodas, I understand. I like the chip concept. You know, go with the original. Now, do you put the chips on the sandwich at all? Uh, I did, yes. Oh, now you're kicking it old school. So you think, I like that. You know, your father taught you well. That's, that's, that's good stuff right there. Well, let's jump into this Joe the Fan segment. I'll kick it over to the Midnight Rider to kick it off. All let's right, go. cool. All right, Dario. So, like I tell everybody, I always ask this question. I started with one of my own show, uh, other show I did, but I like the concept. So, for you, the moment that you either fell in love with sports or your fondest memory of sports growing up? Um, well, <clears throat> uh, my dad just got me into sports and, you know, he would watch it and then I would watch it because he was watching it. And, you know, that, get re- that really got me into it. But I think what really got me into, like, football and basketball. Well, what got me into football is when uh, I joined uh, the football team when I was young. So I did that for like two years and I was like having a lot of fun. And honestly, I, I just thought it was fun to watch, you know, to do. And, you know, it's just, I, I just keep saying it, it's just fun. And for basketball, I, I don't know. It just, just happened. It's like another stress reliever, reliever, if you will. Okay. So you, you like college and pro, right? Uh, yeah, I, I watch uh, some college from time to time. So let give me um, your favorite football player and your favorite basketball player. If uh, you have favorite uh, football player. I mean, that, it could be now. It could be somebody from the past. It could be whatever, man. Well, as you know, I, I grew up, I wanted to be a quarterback, so – at the time, it was like RG three. I, I really liked how he was like very versatile. He could throw, he could run, and you know he, him, Michael Vick. He was he was like the king of it, right? And I really enjoyed that. And as far as wide receiver, I would say because I wanted to be a wide receiver. Also, it was just like a multi, you know, multi position. So wide receiver, I think, um, probably Randy Moss. Okay. Maybe Jerry Rice. I think I think I like Jerry Rice more than Randy Moss. All right, big guy. So are you? Well, I I know the answer to a lot of the questions, but <laughs> I'm gonna ask for the folks at home. Um, favorite football team? Uh, well, now it's the Washington Commanders, but okay. it was the Redskins, but the Commanders. Your, 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 your mom's in the kitchen chanting Dallas, but you know, we know that's not true because you know, you want to live here, so um, <laughs> but uh, all right, what's your overall thoughts of the team this season coming up? Uh, I keep I keep missing the uh, I kept missing the preseason games, but uh, I'm hoping that we could do better now than we did previously. So I'll be definitely looking out for that and the difference in how they played. Okay. Uh, 
fondest sports memory. That's one of the midnight ride. That's one of the midnight rider questions. Fondest sports memory. And um, this can be this can be you or like it can be your playing career or it could be like something you watched. Uh well, it was when I was playing. I think both seasons it was just fun to play with people my age. Uh we went to the playoffs. It, it like just looking at the different fields, going out and experiencing different places while I was playing was fun. And just, you know, playing my position, doing what I could do. That was all fun. Uh Dad, uh, you remember this when I was I forgot who we were playing against, but they put me at running back, and I, I that was like the one time I had the ball and almost scored. Cause yes. I was, yeah, because I was um center and right guard and defensive tackle a lot. Smallest thing on the damn field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got Perry checking in. What's going on, fam, man? Good to see you. Hope you're enjoying yourself. I know you're sitting back relaxing, so it's good to see you. We got to drop the bug and praise here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the boss BJ says he has a whole different perspective of sports, and he asked the question, what year did you start watching? Um, what year, I, what year did I start watching? It was uh, it was very young. Bird? I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, we yeah, know Bird, but like, you can remember. Um, I think. 2008, I, I think. Because I think at the time I was a Falcons fan. I, if I remember correctly. Yes. That was? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, it was three years in a row you had three different teams. You went from the <laughs> Giants to the Eagles to the Falcons. Then it was the Steelers. Then it became the Redskins. No, nah, I wasn't Steelers. I was Lions. I didn't like this. I didn't like the Steelers. I think that was Xavier. Oh well, he he liked the Steelers undercover anyway. You know, that's why he at where he at now, undercover. <laughs> uh, if you could um, if you could go right now and play whatever sport you want, whatever stadium you want, and for whatever team you want, who would it be? Uh, professionally? Yeah. Um. I don't really know what like stadium and stuff, but I definitely do want to play uh, football for okay. uh, probably defense, you know, because I see a lot of cornerbacks and safeties getting, they just like getting demolished by the wide receivers. So I think if, you know, I could help in any way as like a safety, I, I would, but I can't really say for sure which team yet. I would go Commanders, but, you know, that's like – that's going to be like a standard choice for me because I like the Commanders. I don't always want to choose the team that I like. I want to – you know, because I don't want to be like – because if I like a, a great team, I don't want to play for that great team. I want to play for, you know, an underdog team. And not saying that the Commanders aren't underdogs. It's just, you know – I want, you know, it, I I just base it off like how I play Madden, and I don't I don't you know just go for Commanders off all all the way because their depth chart could be already full on safeties or whatever position I play. So whatever team needs me, I would play. 
So, all right. So you said Madden. You have twenty four. You on twenty three? Uh, I'm on twenty three. Before I all know. right. So if you're, we're, we loaded up the game right now, and you got to pick your team. Who's the team you rolling with for game one on one? Um, it depends on who I'm playing against. Uh, you playing against your dad? Oh, um, you probably used to giving him, you know, getting W's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know he used to catch an L's from you. Just go ahead and say who you who you play with. Man. Um, you probably got like a Baltimore Ravens like streak, a twenty four in a row. I understand. You don't want to brag about it. <laughs> no, it will be. Uh, last year it was the Packers because we did uh, superstar knockout. I think with the Packers and we were undefeated. We never lost, but um. We made dudes quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. We were it was like the best duo in that. But uh I don't know. I haven't really played any, uh with anybody this year. Okay. Cool. KG, all you man. Well, the boss BJ, your uncle chiming in. Now, he's saying if it wasn't for me, you'd be telling that Steph is the greatest point guard ever. In your honest opinion, <laughs> who's the greatest point guard ever? And your honest opinion, not coming from me, who's the greatest point guard ever? Um. Well, I'm not really much. I don't. I don't like scoring now. I I can score if I, uh, like I want to score, but like <clears throat> it's not something that I think is necessary because everybody on the court wants to score. So I would go with someone who is a great playmaker, who makes a difference. So it would be. <laughs> it would probably be um Magic Johnson or cuz you know he was a great he was a great passer. Uh John Stockton maybe. Um come on Dario. I know he's in the room, but you can you can say what you want to say. Not even, I'm not even looking at him. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm being serious. I don't I'm okay with the NBA now. It's just it's too many scores there's, there's too many people that wants to score that wants to look flashy uh while doing all those dribble moves and and scoring i i i like assist i like How old are you? uh i tell it's myself like, i tell myself like three different ages <laughs> so it just depends hold on how you tell you so three different ages you only one no no i'm like three i'm saying i'm 19 i say i'm two i say i'm 2000 and what is it 22 now so you know, it's like, yeah so i'm 2022 i'm a, i was born a year after the first year all right i'm not even getting to that one <laughs> i'm getting into that one. all right last no. question for me no pressure favorite parent <laughs> I didn't ask that question. Jeez. Boy, pick right. I can't. I can't answer that. I plead the fifth. All right, go ahead, KG. You want to close it out? Well, I, look, I got. We got comments to get to, and I, I, Dario, I'm glad you played the fifth on that. <laughs> oh, you see. She right. Right here. <laughs> the boss BJ says uh he playing for the Bears 15 degrees soldier field. Like that. Um, you see his dad give him a, a the look when he asked the question. I looked away. Mm. I, I wasn't I'm not paying attention to him. I looked I away. I looked away. 
Um, B said it was a, uh, it was a, uh, <laughs> it was very yep. simple. I, mm-hmm. Not even look. He got that boy in the corner sweating. He's not even here. <laughs> He's not even here. We're in two different places. Perry say he loved that. Um, Perry also says Halliburton would be a good pick for you today. Tyrese I like Halliburton. That. I like that. Um, and B said, why can't we see both of your hands? They right here. <laughs> they right here. I'm, I'm not I'm not influencing the kid at all. I'm, I'm not. He, he's old enough to make his own decisions. And I, I can say this. Two things I can say. This, this, this Jota fan is a little bit more personal for me because I was able to cultivate this. So Sounds like you say brainwash. No. <laughs> because I always showed him videos of different players to let him choose who he likes. Piece from this player, piece from this player, piece from this player, and build your game. Um, he doesn't like to admit it, so I'm I'm gonna brag about him a little bit. I think when he what was about 14, I started making him play with grown men. I said, You're not playing with kids your age no more. I started making him play with grown men. And we had a we had a game over in Forestville. Cat was running on fast breaks, dunking. This dude, at about 15 years old, chased him down and blocked his dunk. I'm I'm just like he doesn't want to talk about. He's all naughty. I said you got up there. You you went up there, and you blocked his dunk. Okay, I was playing defense. I and if I could, they they never let him play with me. They say you coach him too much. I said I don't coach him. I tell him to do his thing. I tell him don't be scared and go at it. So that's one of my fondest memories of us playing together. Uh, watching you play, one of my fondest memories is you had an Earl Campbell type run one day. I think you were about nine, and you took the handoff, and you kind of stumbled a little bit when you took it, and then you dipped your head and you ran a defender over, and you picked up the first down. And I was just like, he paid attention. He paid attention. And I, it was one of, like, that was one of my many proud dad moments. So um, the boss BJ says, uh, he has a question for you. I want to know what he would change if he had creative control on 2K. And we were just talking about this earlier. You mean, like, as in 2K? You can take anything on there that you want. Um, I would probably, well, for the PS5, it's kind of weird, but the team, the team takeover chain, uh, like activates itself. So I would definitely change that because you, you, you know, you would be in a rhythm, get a good assist, or you think you get a good assist. And then like it switches over at the last second, right when they're about to shoot and then it forces you to shoot. So I would definitely change that. Maybe uh, stop worrying about money as much and worry about what the what the people who are buying the game, the consumers, really want. Because every every year, it's always something wrong with the game. The only thing that I I feel like they change is the uh, overalls of the uh, players and probably something that they didn't want changed, like. The park was the best. I keep hearing, I keep seeing, I keep 
watching people talk about how the uh, the boat, the city, all that is just not as good as it used to as the park was. The city was too big. The uh, the boat was good for that one year, but like after that, it was too much. So you know, having the park back would be just perfect because the park had everything in one area, and you didn't have to run all the way around the city just to you know look for something. And uh, probably also the badges because they keep taking out good badges or badges that aren't too good and aren't too bad. They and then putting in badges that are overpowered for no reason. So I would probably put badges that people actually want back in. Okay. So are you um, playing the, like the game right now? Not as we speak, but are you in a session right now on the game? Uh, yeah, I'm playing against the Cavaliers right now. And what team are you in? What position are you playing? Uh, well, I'm a point guard. I didn't make my power forward yet. I'm a point guard, and I'm playing for the Wizards. Okay, cool. Sounds good, man. And the boss BJ said best 2K year. Well, I I can't really say what's the best 2K because I I when I played 13, I barely played 13, so it was it it's. The only things I can say is between 13, uh, 16, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and 23. So I guess out of those, uh, I would have to give it to probably 20 because it, it kept me the most interested in it. And I actually got to 90 twice uh, on my uh, my player. I can't say too much about 13 because I didn't play as much dad you play you play like a whole lot even like years after so yeah uh, you you would say you would say more about that and well 13 was a different beast you know i was in one of the best point guards in the league and never got no daggone shine in the daggone all-star game but that's a different story we ain't gonna talk about that right now yeah 18 um i had i think it was the first time i actually made i actually uh got to 90 twice because the i think yeah the first one was a playmaking shot creator because uh i wanted to shoot mid-ranges because i i don't need to shoot a three and also to you know playmake and i think i averaged a uh i think i averaged a double double and then i made a two-way sharpshooter so I can play defense and shoot on the spot. Because I thought shot creator just meant you were a better mid-range shooter and not a better on-the-move shooter. So, yeah, I think every year since 19, I averaged uh, at least a double-double. Uh, I think 21 or – yeah, 21, I made a power forward that averaged a triple-double. And – I think 19 or 18, my point guard was a pure shot creator that I made him like really heavy and really tall. So he was getting triple doubles himself. And that was when I played with the Lakers. All right. And uh, one more with uh, from the boss, BJ. He said, what team you picking for NCAA 24? Because you know we got a league coming. I, I don't really know. I would have to. 
like when I get it, I would have to, you know, look through the teams and I won't choose. I, I won't choose like the best team, but I won't choose the worst team. I'll just choose a team that's that I can control and a team that fits how I want to play instead of, you know, having instead of choosing a random team and then like making, you know, leave uh, cutting people, bringing people to fit what I want. You know, I want a team that can, you know, play how I like to play. And what's crazy is, uh, what was that? What was that, NCAA 11 we used to play? Was it? I thought it was 14. It was, which that one with, uh, with Tebow on it? Oh, God. That, that's the one we used to play. <laughs> and, like, we had battles in that. That's That was a game that somebody didn't want to put down because we had battles in that. Every, every weekend it was battle. And, you know, that's going to be fun. Um. <laughs> the boss BJ said he playing the game now with his third hand. <laughs> he and the detail, details like his old man. Well, you know, apple don't fall, fall fall from the tree. And as long as it's not Notre Lame, that's because I'm. <laughs> and you know what? We we'll talk about that off air. Um, well, Dario, you gonna stick around or you gonna get up out of here? Uh, I'll uh get up out of here so you know it's not just a random. You know, circle in the in between, y'all. All right. Well, that's our Joe the fan segment. Thank you, Dario, for coming on. Yeah, definitely. Um, Thank you, man. Um, I actually appreciate it because this is like a, a, a nice Kendrick father son moment I got to see, man. Um, it's a shame he brainwashed you that bad, but um, <laughs> the kids make their own decisions, man. You told us all messing with him, man. You told me that you told no. me he told me exactly what to say. It's on a message. Yeah, he gave you a script. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Bro, for real? <laughs> I no, told you what to say. But no, man, I, I like the way you talk about sports, man. So, um, for me to you, um, you still owe me a, a conversation about something else. I can, I can do that right now because you you heard it wrong. I, I'm pretty sure you I, heard it wrong. I can, I can clear that up right now. I did not say, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't guaranteeing he was going to be a first round pick. That was a coincidence. I had got him on Madden 23 and my, uh, the my team. All right, so you got to go back because we got people listening that don't know exactly what the conversation is. So go back and kind of introduce them to what we're talking about. Okay, so I said a while ago, I said, do you think Bryce Young is going to be, you know, the quarterback that uh, was drafted number one overall? Coincidentally, I said, do you think he's going to be a number one overall pick in uh, this NFL uh, draft? And I wasn't claiming that he was going to be a guaranteed. I was just asking because I had got him on uh, Madden 23, and he was like a 96 overall. And I used him. I was like, I, I guess I'll just, you know, use him. And he could throw. He could run. And then I was like, let me look at his highlights. And I looked at his highlights. I was like, yeah, he's he's doing really good. And then I asked my dad. I was like, do you think he's going to be a number one overall? Because he can throw and he can run. And I guess y'all took it as it's a guaranteed. I, I guaranteed like like him. Like I was just asking a question because I had got him. And All I right, was so, curious. So now we're we're probably eight months out of that conversation, or at least six. That's around the draft. You may not have seen him directly, but he's he was the number one pick. What do you think about him? Do you think he has a chance to be successful in Carolina? Just uh, I think he up. does. 
I, okay. I think he does. If you know he can get the right protection, the white, the right weapons, I think he could do. He can do some real damage in Carolina. Cool, cool. You got to follow up that. Uh, I think I, I think that's all I got. Um, the most I can say is uh. I mean, off topic a little bit, as we always do. Uh, I tell you this on a regular basis, but I'm proud of you. I'm proud of everything you've accomplished. Uh, this new step going forward, I'm proud of it. Uh, I'm, it's it's hard for me not to be proud because, you know, you and your siblings, y'all have given me something to be proud about at all, uh, all times. So, uh yeah, I'm not gonna gush too much because I gotta be a gangster, man. That's that's my role. <laughs> I'm gonna thug out these streets. Uh, but yeah, um, and Perry says, <laughs> Perry says he has the right coach to learn from. I try to be, I, I try to be, I I try to be, uh, instead of being what I wanted. When I was y'all age, I, I said I need to be what I needed when I was coming up because I didn't have that luxury. I tell y'all that all the time. I didn't have that luxury. I had uncles, and my uncles are legends, but ain't nothing like having a dad. So you got a dad and uncle. So, and uh, the boss BJ says, "Proud of your nephew." You don't understand. So. Thank you. All right, man. So we're not gonna hold you up, man. Again, thank you again for showing up, showing out. Um, you got an open invite. Um, so that's for me to you and, um, thanks for giving us some time, man. No problem. And, uh, if, if, if I can, if the time permits, uh, we might be able to jump on and do something. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll be listening. All right. All right. All right. That was, uh, our Joe DeFans segment with Dario, uh, now the midnight ride and myself, we got some, we got some things to hash out. Our moderator's not here; he's in the comments. We got some things to hash out. Cutdowns have been made. How did the, how did the sideline junkies do? How did the midnight rider and the big guy KG do? Uh, uh oh, uh, uh oh. Speak of the devil. Evening, evening, fellas. I'm. Uh oh, where you go? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, uh, evening to you, fellas. I, I I want I didn't want to pop on while Dario was uh I didn't want to distract him. But I'm if you hear the crickets out, I'm I, I'm out, I'm out on the balcony enjoying the smoke. But I wanted to join you guys and finish finish up the show, man. Because um I'm actually not driving right now, so I got some I got some time. All right, that's what's up, man. Now I'm sure you made a list on uh Sunday morning, correct? Yes, this is this is what I want to talk to you guys about. I'm happy to go back and listen to the show because I think Junior threw away the list when uh, I had him clean off the table. Mm. So, so yeah, this that's 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 me stepping in as a moderator, and a little rusty because I that I was trying to find my book. I had my um, composition book, and then you know how you do your morning routine and you can't find anything. I don't know if you noticed when I had the podcast, I just kept looking around. I'm like, I know I said it here on the table and I grabbed a random piece of paper and I started jotting everything down and that random piece of paper took legs and took off. All right, so let's do it this way. Um, 
we'll give what we think we did. We'll do it like the 40 times. This will be the unofficial score for the 53-man roster. And then maybe Thursday night we can have the official breakdown and see how close it was. Okay, okay. That's, that sounds good. Now, one, one, one guy I do want to address off the break was, is it Tinsley, the wide receiver? Yes. yes. And that did, did – I think I – know, I know Midnight Rider, you didn't have him, right? Right. I didn't think he was going to make it. And I, I couldn't remember if KG had him because KG had 70 people. So – I don't <laughs> I had him. I had him. KG had the Redskins, the Triple A Redskins, the Double A Commanders, and the uh Frank the Fredericksburg Nationals. He had yeah. <laughs> Y'all always say that, man. I was good. He also was, had the um popcorn guy and the cameraman. So I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah. He had the, the the grip, he had everybody. <laughs> he had the he had the guy lighting the uh the tire tracks for the DeLorean when it went on the <laughs> Y'all y'all give me a hard time, a hard way to go. And I was on time. I was I did everything right. I made sure I counted everything. Oh man, yeah, we we'll go back and we'll 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 clean that up. And that's my fault. I apologize to the the viewers and the listeners. That is my mistake. But we'll I, I'm gonna help clean that up. So so, so I think on my side. I think um, I had eight wrong. And when I consider wrong is if I had a player on the on the roster and he didn't make the roster, and I'm talking about the 53 that's posted on the commander's website, I don't care if they went to IR or whatever, if they're not on the 53, then it counts against me. And then if I had a guy, well, if I didn't have a guy and he was put in place of somebody that I missed out on, I took a point away for that as well. So in my head, just off of what I thought I could remember, I'm either I think I'm minus eight, so I got eight players wrong in this situation. Uh, they took a different step when the quarterback, and I'm a little curious if that was planned or if that was the situation where they don't know the rule just yet. And I can say that because the man didn't know he if he was going to be in the playoffs or not. Yeah, and that's that's amazing that you're saying that. They didn't know the rule. We're talking about a, a, a NFL squad. They have to know that rule. They, it, maybe it's just maybe they have. I'm hoping that they have a guy in mind. Maybe it's Trustway that they're you know they you know that they'll trot out for a, a third QB. I, I don't know. I, I just hope that's not the case. I really do. But we got to get to that because I want to talk to y'all about something Ron said afterwards after we get through some stuff. That's perfect. Um. What I was going to say after that is um, with From, I know there's there's two guys, and I think I said this to KG earlier. I don't remember um, if we were online or what. But there's two guys I think that may hit the short-term injury reserve. So I think the team had to make a way to carry them through um, because if you put them on IRA before today at 4 p.m., they would have to be out for the season. But now that we've passed the threshold of 4 p.m., now anybody you put on injured reserve, you can put them on short term or you can make it so they're eligible to come back. So I think uh, we haven't seen Logan Thomas in about a month. And I don't know how serious the injury is, but I get concerned when two teams, the Washington Nationals and the Washington Commanders, tell me, oh, it's nothing serious. When they say it's nothing serious, I feel like it's something serious. So I think he's a key person that might have to go on IR. Um, we talked. They talked about 
uh, Danny Johnson, who had the shoulder thing. I think he's another candidate for maybe going on IR. And that's when you bring back certain guys to take their roster spots. So maybe that's when you bring in from, or that's when you bring back the fullback. I don't know, but I know this thing, and they said it in their press conference, this thing is going to be pretty fluid. So I don't think everybody that's on the 53 today, well, I know for a fact, everybody that's on the 53 today isn't going to be on the 53 come Friday or come Friday before opening day. KG? Uh, Looking over some things and, you know, I think I am, I think I am at eight myself. But you said seven. No, because you said IRs. So if I got to take the, if I got to take the guy for IR, because Daniels went on the IR and I had Daniels on my O line. Okay. So he went on the IR. That'll put me at eight as well. So I do have that. Eight's not, not bad, fellas. Eight's not bad. You know what I mean? You, you, I thought, um, I really thought, and I was surprised that y- y'all, you know, y'all didn't think so as well. But Tinsley, I thought he did enough that game to scare them enough to not put him on the practice squad and risk losing them later on in the season. Because I, you know, you can still you can still move guys around, um, but the, you know, if, if he can come out and do some of the things he did in preseason. I know it's preseason, but I mean, he shows some talent, he shows some upside, and if you compare that, especially with Terry possibly missing time and you need somebody to step up and then we talked about uh logan thomas might not be ready uh might not be 100 ready to go so you need all the playmakers you can get to help your young qb so i i wasn't surprised he made it like i said i was very impressed with that third preseason game um and also i think mr from uh, you you might see him in the back row. i think he the, his seat his preseason stats i think he may have earned him a spot uh, on the team, because like I said, we talking about it's barely 15 serviceable starting quarterbacks in the league. So when you find somebody, I mean, he looks sharp. And, you know, I, you know, just, I want to credit that to EB. I, I really do. I want to credit that to him and, and how they're practicing now and how he's making them go. And just, they just look sharp. They look crisp. They look good in their third preseason game. Um, and I, I'm, I'm hoping that continues into the regular season, but I think Mr. Fromm here earned his spot somewhere else. I'm, I'm going to ask a question. Now, let, 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 let's put this out there for everyone listening. If I'm not, uh, the Midnight Rider got the, all the safeties, and of course we both got all the special teams. I think the Midnight Rider, you also got all of the O-line correct, right? I got to double check. No, because I had Daniels making it with my O-line. Okay. So I know we, for fact that's out. Position groups. You had two position groups that you got 100% right. So I got I have six of the seven receivers because I didn't have a seventh. I carried only six. And that was just based on my math because I wanted to carry the third quarterback. So, like, my roster crunch cost me, like, that receiver position. But I'm pretty much solid on most of that. Um, yeah. Just like I think you got the corners right, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, well, no, because I had Wild Goose and uh, Whiteside. I okay. got the safeties right. Okay. But I, I left off a safety. I left off uh, Martin. I left off Martin. I left off Martin, yeah, because I kept telling you, you're going to get fired as a GM because you're going to keep me your draft picks. Yeah, I left off Martin. But I, I, what was the – let me ask you this. What was the position group that you took the biggest hit on? 
I think I honestly, I think I was just like one off on each one for real. Um, or maybe I think Daniels may put me at nine because depending on the scorekeeper, that's why we got the moderator because I don't want to cheat myself or cheat the, the system on that. But I think I think I appreciated this because I felt like this is the squad that they put together that if somebody got cut, we actually might see somebody get picked up. Whereas in years before, if they cut somebody, it was it was 10 out of 10 that that joke was coming back on the practice squad because nobody was taking their guys. Mm-hmm. And that used to bother me more than anything else because if nobody's picking up your reserves, and that's telling you, you lack depth. And, you know, that's something Doc Walker used to always say. He used to always say, you cut guys and then they don't ever show up in the league again. He said, obviously, you don't have the talent to really impress nobody because these guys are coming here. They're making this team, but you cut them and you never hear from them again. And I think it's been – this is about the third or fourth year. You see guys leave from here and then go catch on somewhere else. And it's it's a totally different ball game. I, I think – now, I took a big hit in the running back room because uh, Gore Williams – and uh, uh, what's his name, Amon Ra? Yeah. All gone. And I had all three of them. So the only thing I was missing was Rodriguez. And I, I kind of wanted Rodriguez, but I was like, ah, I don't think they're going to keep that many running backs, but I'm thinking they're going to keep a fullback. But I took the biggest hit in the running back room. But I think the biggest thing about doing this anyway is you're not you're not tapped into their thought process. So this is an exercise really of you – trying to figure out what you know and what you think and what you've seen. And honestly, if if I didn't have a numbers crunch, Tinsley would have made it. But he was like, you know how they do the Joe Lenardi when the NCAA comes up and it's like the first four in and I mean the last four in and the first four out or whatever. Mm-hmm. He would have been in like that first, that, that, that last four out for me. Like he was a French guy. And because I had to take a ninth lineman, I couldn't take a seventh receiver. Would you guys would you guys agree that the commanders just just with Robinson Jr. and Gibson with that one two that you're comfortable with that going in there and not having to carry two extra backs? I mean, like we you know that we're not talking about a, a dramatic drop off. We're talking about one can do a lot and the other one can do a lot. Um, but I think that's a I don't want to say it's a Because you, your, your your defensive line is the the, the premier group, but I, I really think like when you compare that one two punch around the league, I think that's a pretty good a pretty good you know uh, team you rolling out as far as running backs and like you know healthy them two guys. That's all you need. That, you know what I'm saying? Because like yeah, I mean like you, like I said, you look around the league, one running back number one to two is a drop off. You know, one guy can do you know you like I said you. We always say the power back and it's you know a combo back, but both of those guys, I think Gibson's problem might be holding on to the ball a little bit. That's probably why he 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 slid back a little bit because of the last couple seasons with the hands. But I mean, I still would take them two. Those are two. Those are like that's a when you grading that position group. What, what, to me, that's a B plus. Oh, you know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Go ahead. I'm 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 rambling. So you go ahead. No, all I was going to say is 
I honestly see the group a little bit different from you. I see I call them I call it Bam Bam. I think my one is Robinson. I think we come back and sledge you again with um Rodriguez, and then with the multifaceted stuff that um Eric B. Enemy does and is gonna present, I think I think um Gibson's gonna be a jack of all trades. You're gonna see him in the slot, you're gonna see him in motion, you're gonna see him doing this. He might get carries out of the backfield, but they don't always like the way he's he runs with his pad level. So I think they're going to use him in more diverse situations and not focus on him as being just a runner. And I think that's where you get, he's almost like your wild card. So um, I love what I see from Rodriguez. I just need to make sure he holds on to the football, but yeah, I, I, that's exactly what I, I see. I So I, I gave him a B plus as well. Now, let me ask you guys this. Do you think that, that um, this is the best running back group the enemies had? Even from his time at Kansas City, I, I I think I think it is, I think it is. I think I think Mahomes, them throwing 80 percent of the time, having a running back back there is just kind of a luxury. But w- will we see one? All right, two part question. Do you think this is the the best group he's had um, in the last few years as far as running backs? And two, will we going? Are we going to see some different things out of him because he has two running backs that can do? a multitude of things. So one, I think, yes, you can see a lot of different things from him. Um, is this the best room? I think if we're talking about the the top of the room, I would say no because I, um, because of the Jamal Charles factor. I think Jamal Charles would kind of change that um, and give you a much higher ceiling. Um, and a much lower floor than you get from Robinson and and um, and Rodriguez and Gibson. I think they're all like they they're in the perfect letter group. They're B's, but I think the fact that Charles is an A, maybe even an A plus at a certain point in his career, I think he changes that dynamic a little bit. Um, I don't remember everybody that was in the room with him um, during his time there, but I think that would be the only group that I think would give them a challenge. Uh, last year's group with Edwards Hilaire, Pacheco, and um, McKinnon, I think they were a B. And they're kind of set up the same way. You got the two two guys that's going to bang a little bit, and then you got um, McKinnon that's kind of the finesse back. So I think this fits in the mode of Eric Bieniemy's offense. KG? Here's the thing. I had to – I'm pulling up – I was pulling up the stats because you said something. And I was just looking at the – Eric Bieniemy was the running backs coach for the Kansas City Chiefs from 2013 to 2017. And I'm, I just wanted to look up and see who he had in his running back room. And, of course, 2018 to 2022, he was uh, uh, the uh, O coordinator. Now, he had Jamal Charles from 2013 to 2016 in his running back room. And I'm, I'm as I'm looking, I, I don't see another dominant. Well, not even dominant. I don't see another feature back that will make you say, "Hmm, this is a this is a a, a good running back room." And I'm I'm going through looking, and I, only other I, I 
I don't put Clyde Edwards Hilaire in that group, but I mean he's really talented. Because when he went down, they had to go out and find guys to fill in for him. They had to it took two players to fill in for Edwards Hilaire. So I think I think this, but I do think this is up there with one of his most talented running back rooms that he's probably ever had to work with. I'll say that. Okay, okay. Um, do I slide into what I want to ask you guys about Ron Rivera? Did y'all have something else to talk about? No, no we good. I'm going to ask you a question. Both of y'all. I want both of y'all to, to, to weigh in on this. Ron Rivera basically said he wished he had started Sam Howard earlier because he didn't know what he had. He didn't know how good the kid was, right? And, you know, my ears kind of perked up on that. Read the, read the article, and I'm just like, how do you, how how do you not the kids? I know he's not getting first team reps, but we know QB talent when you see it. We know who can make the throws, who who can make the reads, and he's getting second team work. So it's to me, is this damning for Ron to say that and now have to start this kid and kind of. Like, if he's saying that about Sam Howell, what else is he not paying attention to? Who else? What is it? somebody else on the squad that, that he don't know that could be good, that he, he missed out on talent or something? I'm, I'm just – when Ron says things now, and we, we keep talking about this might be Ron's year to, you know, for them to move on from Ron, it's just like, Ron, you're not helping yourself when you say these things. Like, you, so you're telling me that it's a possibility this kid could have started earlier in the season – Maybe help, help you know, help them. You, you could have got a beat on him then. And he could be really going into the season with some, you know, with some bullets in the gun, some some real-life experience versus what he got. I just – I don't get these – some of these things, the whole Eric B. Enemy situation, Ron put his foot in his mouth. Is this is this bad for Ron or am I just, like, kind of, like, over overreacting? Wow. I mean, that's a great question. I kind of see it as six in one hand, half dozen in the other. Um, I view it as Ron trying to pump his guy up, trying to instill some confidence that, hey, you know, maybe if I saw some some of these things that I see now, you know, I would have played you sooner. Um, trying to give the gift of hindsight some 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 footing in the conversation. Uh, I it's hard to evaluate a guy when you don't give him considerable amounts of action. I mean, he had that, that five week stretch where he was the number two, but then after that, he went back to being number three. And um, I know there was talks about guys coming up to him saying the kid has something, the kid has something, but let's not forget that there was a $26 million elephant in the room. So when you got to Cleveland or got to San Francisco, um, there's a guy that paid $26 million out of his checkbook that probably wanted to see if his $26 million was in vain or was it or was it something that you could save. And when I say that, I mean, this guy went to the board of Maryland commissions and says, we're okay now. We found our commissioner, and that guy is Dan Snyder. So there has to be, there is some influence or probably was some influence and that probably also helped keep that kid off the field. I don't know 
and I think Ron's trying to cover some of that up. But I mean, that's that's got to be a factor in this. But does this, he, but does he have to cover that up now that 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 you know the little mini wet hair midget is gone? Does he does he have does he have to cover that up now? I mean, yeah. it's it's not just it's 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 several things that Ron has said since you know the season's got going in. and like I said, one of them is just like the whole Airbnb enemy situation. A lot of people felt like that should have been handled in house. That should have never came out. That should have been, you know, him EB sitting now talking, EB explaining whatever they're going, whatever they hash out in the room between men, and then EB and Ron dealing with the the out the the, the cry of the practicing and stuff. Um, and I understand that the $26 million guy, but it was evident time after time again last season that he yeah, wasn't the answer. But you're talking you're talking about as if the people in the room, everybody was um, in their right frame of mind. Like, sure. I had a co-worker I had this argument with um, right before the game, and he was like, you got to see what you have in Wentz. I'm like, why do you have to see what you have when you already know what you have? He exactly. hasn't shown you anything. Exactly. Um, but I mean, there was people that had the thought process of, well, if I paid 26 million, I need to see what what it's about. So, but here, I mean, here's the difference in philosophy. Go ahead, B. I'm sorry. No, but here's the thing with Wentz. He 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 already reached his ceiling. We knew it if if we said it before the season started. If Wentz came in healthy. And played up to what he played into his 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 uh what probably would have been his MVP season when he got hurt in Philly. As as a vet, as what you've shown, you've already reached your ceiling. You have a couple games for to jail to get your rhythm and time and got down with your new guys. So after these three or four games, if you if, if you're not producing, I mean, it's not like it's not like Dan Snyder hasn't overpaid QBs or anybody else before. And having to move on from him, so it's just you know I just and I understand what you're saying because it was a different regime, different ownership, different mindset. Everybody walking around with the the uh, cloud with the rain over them, and, and you know walking on eggshells and tacks and stuff. But I, I they pulled they I mean they would pulled multiple quarterbacks the last twenty years. You know I just don't understand why you wait so long to went. You know Heineke is in the future. Everybody in the room knew he, the fan fan favorite, but you knew he wasn't going to be the long term solution. So why not give the gun to your youngin and see what he can do the last four or five games of the season? But because, I know, because Ron has shown you that he will suffer through um, the known instead of the unknown. Like the, the reason, like he got the Haneke by accident. You know, he would have – if he had his preference um, that season that Alex Smith was the backup, um, if Kyle Allen just didn't run into injuries, Kyle Allen would have been the quarterback, you know, after Dwayne Haskins got benched. This would have been Kyle Allen's team, and he would have been the guy carrying them down the stretch. But because Kyle Allen couldn't didn't see an injury he didn't like, you know, it forced the hand to go to Smith – and then when Smith kind of got dinged up, it forced him to go to Haskins reluctantly. And then Haskins decided to have a party. And then we're back at Alex Smith. So, like, Ron has showed this level of 
fearing the new or the unknown. And I think that's what Howe was. Howe was such an unknown for him that he wasn't comfortable. And then finally, when they talked him in, whoever talked him into, hey, give this guy a chance against Dallas and let's see what we have, that's what happened. And then now in hindsight, he's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe if I give him a chance earlier, maybe this plays out different. I don't I don't take that comment as like him being in the position of not knowing something. I think that's it. that's him saying, you know what? Maybe I made a mistake and didn't see or try to see this earlier. I don't know. Big guy, talk to me. Let me let, let me say something because I agree with you guys. I, I what Midnight Rider said. I think Daniel Snyder had a lot to do with it. Why is it coming out now? Because it has to come out now. You can't let it come out while he was still here. And you can't, and you can't condemn him. You, you can't condemn him while he's even here and when he's gone because Ron has to figure out what his job is in 2024, 2025, and 2026. That's exactly right. And I, 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 this is what I think. And I'm being 1,000% uh, honest with this. I think Ron has too much on his plate. He has the front office. On the football side, you have coaching. And then, you know, you know, there's, there's some great multitaskers in NFL history. I remember uh, – Larry Zonka said Don Shula could be at one end of the field and you could be running the drill two fields over and he would yell at you from the other end of the field about you doing something wrong because he could see everything. Every coach is not like that. Sometimes you have to delegate roles. I think Ron's plate's too full. And that's attention to detail. That's being able to multitask. I say it all the time. When you're a coach, you're just not coaching 53 men. You got to handle your staff. You got to handle everything. And then like you, like the big guy said, when you have too much on your plate, it's you know you can't eat it all. It, no, you, know, you can't eat it all. You, you sometimes you gotta you got pass some leftovers on to somebody else, but I, and and that might be it. I don't know. But it also seems like Ron does not want to pass the peas like we used to do. And you you you, God, I hate doing this. Look at Gibbs. Gibbs delegated the defense to Richie Pettibone. Pettibone, he said, the most I would say to Pettibone during the game, he said, I would walk down to him and say, please stop him, and then just walk back. You got some coaches that walk down, if you don't stop him, I'm taking the fuck over, and this, all that. But you can't you can't compare that because... No, no, no. But uh, but take it, take it a step further. Because Gibbs ain't, ain't... That ain't the only... Gibbs was a leader of men, and if he had to go huddle the men up, and right after this, I'm midnight rider go far away. If you, you got a certain coach, if you got a Tomlin, Tomlin is he's a defensive guy, and it's a clip running around when he's uh chewing out Pouncey coming off the field. If you got to chew out the all, even if your specialty is defense, if you got to get into your offensive shit, and you vice versa, if you're an offensive guy, and you got to go light a fire under the defense. That's 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 the head coach. That's what you got to do. Midnight Rider, go ahead. You've been you've been stewing over there. No, nah, I just want because I want to stay in this line of thought with y'all. So here's my thing. I think Ron isn't just in a battle for his head coaching job. He's in a battle for the team presidency as well. So there's some things that he's trying to do and trying. So there's a bunch on his plate, and he's trying to also show that 
he needs to keep that title of team president of football operations because right now Jason Wright, to be honest with you, is probably making this play. Jason Wright is a smart guy. He didn't get to this position um, not knowing how to manipulate the situation to his advantage. And there's even been talk that there's friction between the two of them. And I guarantee that's at the base of it is two men fighting for the same job or trying to show management that they are the right person to, to lead them forward. That's all I was trying to say. But here's my question with that. Why would Jason Wright want to be – if Jason Wright's on the business side, why are you coming over to the football side? KG. Huh? KG. We're the only franchise that differentiates the two. Well, I, so if you're a team president, you're the team president. You're not team president of football operations and team president of business operations. That's just a Dan Snyder thing that he came up with. And I get that. So 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 that's where the difference comes in because I've I've looked at some of the things that Harris has done, and he's got a team president. Now he have, may have people below that, like the GM, the assistant GM, and like the business management, but all though all those branches come up to the top, which is the team president. And so this isn't a dual role anymore. Here's a question. We're not doing nonsensical dual roles <laughs> anymore. Here's a question. You know what this smells like? This smells like Marty Schottenheimer 2.0, except we're already four seasons in. Why did Marty Schottenheimer get let go in D.C.? Because Dan said it in, in the football life of Marty Schottenheimer, I wanted to separate the roles of team president and head coach. I wanted to separate those roles. But you wanted to bring in somebody that was not as qualified as Marty to run the team, to shop for the groceries, if you will. Because uh, uh, Vinny Serrato, who was banned from the building during the Marty season, could not shop for the groceries the way Marty could shop for his own groceries. Okay? Now, if you ask Ron to separate the title of head coach and team president, and he has to pick one. Well, well it's not a pick. Well, if you're asking him to separate... No, no, that's not a, that's not a see see, you're you're acting as if Ron is has a choice. <laughs> no, well, I've said this on the show probably two episodes ago, but there's a conversation. If it hasn't been had, it's going to be had between those four gentlemen and Ron Rivera. Like, look, you can stay on as our head coach, but we're going to move forward in a more modern consistent with everybody else that plays football team structure but here's the thing you shake up the front office right that's a lot of heads that's gonna roll because in my in my honest opinion marty herney gone martin mayhew. Gone. <laughs> martin mayhew gone Bye. i believe doug williams hey gone see i don't think doug will go because i don't I apologize for what I'm about to say, but I think Doug is there as a figure that Diane Snyder has pop, propped up. I've been said that. Just, I've been said that. Doug, Doug, next season, if he stays with the team, Doug going to be taking tickets at the door. I think I think that's his way of staying connected because he, he he's lost all his other connections. His only connection is Doug, Joe, and that's it. 
Oh, well, Sean Taylor. So yeah. he he ha- he has to use his triangle of death whenever he gets in trouble. Okay, I, I say this because Doug Williams, his, his former, what was what was he? Uh, senior vice president of player personnel. I think mm-hmm. that was his former role. They gave Doug Williams credit a couple of drafts ago because he found a couple of gems that are still with the team. The Kalik Hudson's. He 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 I can't name everybody, but he had a hand in getting some of these late round gems that we were picking. And I, when they moved him out of that role, I said, Why move Doug out of that role if he has the background in scouting? Let him run the scouting department. This is what he did in Tampa. Let him do it. Because he wasn't meant to do it here. Then like yeah, remember this this organization use people, certain people in certain situations to try to cover up from the scars. They were band-aids. Yeah. But the only problem they had was they would keep kept trying to put a band-aid on a bullet shot or a gunshot wound. You can't do that. So go and ahead. So, so so like you think of the Sean Taylor initiations, the um I'm sorry, activations, the Sean Taylor um street name, you think of think of Think of the um, let's even go back the Jay Gruden extension. Like, think of what was going on when all those things happened. It was something that came out in the media the day before, and the very next day, they were like, Oh, don't look at this. We extended Jay Gruden. Oh, don't look at this. We're gonna give you something for Sean Taylor. Oh, don't look at that. Here go another thing for Sean Taylor. It's all they did, and they did it in reactionary ways. And if you ever tell by the execution of everything, that was the problem. The team name change. Yes, they gave you this grand show and like all oh, rebranding the team and all that crap. Yeah, it wasn't all that fancy. Okay, then go ahead and say what I know you always say what you want to say. You holding on to the past, KG. You got to let the past go to move forward. I wasn't even going to say that because I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> but whenever I mention these players, these former players, like I, I actually enjoy when Martin Mayhew was signed as the new GM, I had no problem with that. See, I think you think, all right, so I think the difference is I'm not adverse to bringing back old guys. What I'm adverse to is you propping them up and they become puppets or they become figureheads. If Doug was actually, if I felt like Doug was doing something, I wouldn't have a problem with Doug being there. But I feel like at times they just tried Doug out. He's the Trojan horse. He's the the seal of approval. He's the Super Bowl, the black Super Bowl champion. Oh, we got our guy, and this is Doug, and God bless America. And and, and it's just I feel like he's a prop. And that's the only reason I have frustration when they show him. If they allowed him or showed him not just, like, kissing babies and everything, then, yeah, I would have a whole different respect for it. I feel like he's their their rabbit in the hat that they pull out to cover up something that's going wrong. I mean, think about the two twenty two twenty whatever two two twenty two. <laughs> we the commanders. What? She was god awful. <laughs> that, yeah, the, the rolling that out was god awful. Yeah. Are you saying that Doug's a token? I'm not saying that because I don't think of him as a token. I think of him as the person that 
it's there's there's a way to distract from everything else. Um, that's how I see him. I see him as a distraction or like that gem to take you back to yesteryear. He's that fond memory. I don't I, I, I feel like I would be disrespectful if I said he was a topic. Okay. I thought PJ was about to jump in on that. I've I've called him a token before. I and, and I don't think I don't I think he's I think he's being used as a token by you know previous ownership and you know everything been alluded to midnight rod alluded to about you know how they you know use distractions and you know hey look at this look at that um i think his intentions were pure but i think the way he was used is a token you know hey well, look we still got doug williams walk around the concourse and show your face and wave and you know let, let the people see you you know and have a you know we have joe gibbs here right now and again you know the people that actually you know that that still communicate with us because you know and, and that's something i said too that hopefully the new ownerships the new ownership brings back yesteryear those players that were alienated that didn't want anything to do with the franchise anymore because of mr snyder so and i think you saw some of that too I think you've seen with the training camp videos that day. What was that? I think it was the NFL had the day when all the people came back. You saw players come back. You saw, you heard, um, if you haven't heard it, but Mike Sellers has a great interview with, um, it's not Chris Russell. It's, I don't know. I think it's Grant and Danny, but I'm not going to say that for sure. I'll try to look it up. But he gets like emotional, he gets emotional talking about being back at the facility, um, he still he wasn't as emotional when we talked to Chris Russell, but you could feel the emotions in him talking about wanting to be back in this building and what he felt and what that building meant to him. Give you that. So, final question before we wrap it up. Let me ask you, gentlemen, this: Do we wait to the end of the season to see the shakeup of? The front office and the roles change. Yeah, I think that's an I think that's an, an, an inevitable. I think you're going to see fat trimmed for sure. Because like I said, this is a new new ownership, new direction. They got to fix a lot of wrongs. They got to right the ship. I mean, I think I think the ship was sinking. I think they got the hole fixed, but they still got to get the water out. They still got to do upgrades. You know, they got telephones in there from 1980, a 1980s phone system. You know, they got to upgrade all of this stuff. I think I think it's, it's no question. You're going to see, I don't know, the question for me is, is it going to be subtle moves or is it going to be just, hey, let's chop some heads? And I think that starts on the field. If for some reason this team stumbles out of the gate, even with a rookie quarterback, this team looks bad. I think you're going to see Ron out and EB promoted to interim head coach. I think that's one of the first, like, high up on my list of happening. Now, the front office stuff, I think definitely next year. I think this whole season they're going to be putting, it, you know, putting, a, trying to put, you know, names on the board and putting a team in place to take this team forward. I, I, I really, yeah, I, I, I have no doubt about that. I, don't, I just don't see the same, and Midnight Rider said, the same structure, all these, you know, irrelevant positions. They're going to trim it down. They're going to get the people in here. They need to get in here to work magic. 
and I actually think I'd go opposite of BJ when, when we say Trump. I think we will have more defined roles of people and we'll will encompass more things. He's gonna to try to modernize whatever this structure is to get it to what everybody in the league does. We're talking about a guy that had minority ownership in the Steelers. I guarantee you he spent a day or two in the building, weeks in the building. He knows what the building should look like, what the building should feel like. And so with that point in mind, I just think that there's no way this structure doesn't change in some way, shape, or form. And he puts his hands prints on it. Man wrote a $6 billion check. You, get, you, you I, I kind of get to say what goes on here. Um, I think if they're struggling down the stretch, it happens week four after the bye, right around the bye. I think that's when change is going to come. Um, but if they're in the playoff hunt and they're making moves, I think after they get eliminated, there's conversations had in the exit interview. He's going to he's gonna put it to a point. Like, you can stay or you can go. And I think that's where Ron has to make a decision. Does he want to be just a head coach? Because he can't be everything else. I think that one of the biggest changes you'll see off the field, it won't be a personnel change. I think – I know they want to move in – they want to move uh, – out of Redskin Park. I don't know how soon that's going to happen, but I think you'll see some upgrades at Redskin Park. I think you'll see uh, those outdoor fields used a little bit more, as well as the bubble and everything. I think a lot of things will be redone, and I think that'll come more in the offseason. That won't happen during the season. That As soon as the season's over, that's when the work starts. You know, I think you'll probably see subtle upgrades during the bye week and stuff like that to the building, but before they build the command center, as they're calling it, I think, you know, there'll be some upgrades to Redskin Park. Because this is new Redskin Park. What is this, 72? That's uh, 70. It's been open since the 70s. And it's only been upgraded maybe like two or three times in 50 years. Right. So it, it needs a major overhaul. But I think that's one of the first things you'll see. Um, gentlemen, final thoughts before we roll up out of here. To go off topic, um, the Nats, man, I mean, they're they're battling. Um, I know we talked earlier about do they have enough time. I mean, they're playing enough, good enough baseball right now that they have time to either make it close. They may not get there, but they may make it interesting. Um, they may get to close to 500. And I was going to actually ask you, KG, you probably got to go back. I don't know when we had this conversation, but I would love – to know my preseason thoughts because I know I was down on this team because they didn't sign anybody. They didn't bring in the right people. I didn't feel like, and then they got some big things. They got Gore to be healthy. Um, Candelero actually played baseball um, at an all-star level. You got Josiah Gray playing at an all-star level. And those were two things that I didn't expect to happen. So um, let's keep the Nats on our radar. I mean, they're hovering. And they're going to make it interesting the rest of the way. Uh, sheesh. They are nine games back. Yes. Nine and a half back out of the wild card. Well, no, this is old. This is old. This is I think they're, they're in that area. They're like eight to nine back. 
Because this got them at 50 and 65. I thought they were like 60, 61 and 71. Hold on. Why am I looking at this wrong? This is 2023. That's why I say August 9th. Good God, bro. 61 and 71. Yeah. Okay. It's got the joint all wrong. It's, damn, MLB, why are you taking me back to the ninth? Like, Jesus, bro. Okay, they're eight games out. They're eight games out of, out of wild card. And 10 games from 500. Yeah, 10 games, 500. 61 and 71. So that's. You got 32. So you got 30, 30 games left. 30 games left. If they can go on a run, you go 20 and 10, you're 81 and 81. Yeah. And you got to hope that every team above you from the Diamondbacks, the Giants, the Reds, uh, the Marlins, and the Padres all stumble and fall. Let's just get the 500 first and figure the rest out. True. Now, here's a question. I, I got to look at the, I'm going to have to do it after the show. We'll talk about it on Thursday. But if they got series, let's say they got three-game series against the one, two, three, four, five teams ahead of them, and they got at least one or two three-game series against them, and they can steal the series from these guys. They don't. They don't. They end, they end with Murder's Row. They mm-hmm. end with um, the Braves, the Orioles, and the Braves, I think, in their last three series. Um, and that's – you're talking about two of the best teams in baseball. So this is going to be a struggle for them to end it out the way. I know exactly what you were thinking. Trust me, dog. I I, I already went out there and started looking. And then I was just like, as I started going down the thing, I started looking. And I was like, ooh, ooh. So we'll see, though. And they're starting to call up young guys. That's the one thing I love about this group is they're not scared to give a guy a chance. Like, they brought Carter Kingboom up, um, who was supposed to have been – uh, an untouchable player is supposed to be the future. And since he's been up and they've given him time, I think he hit his third home run tonight um, up for the season. He's been up for about two weeks. So he's starting to show some power and show some contact. Um, I hope they give him more bats and more chances. And that's the other reason why I don't think like that 20 and 10 thing is going to be too plausible because I think they got to give some guys some shine and try to see what they have in some of these guys um, that aren't the main guys. So you're going to see a lot of Jacob Lou. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of the kid Jacob in center field. You're going to see whoever the young, the other outfielders are, Alex, not Alex Cole, but some of these other guys they call up from AAA because they need to see what they have. Balls BJ? I don't have anything, man. That's it for me. I mean, we could sit here and we can talk Nats for the rest of the night, but the Midnight Rider, he, he that guy right there on the end, the one on the end, he got to go pay and see that chicken, make the mashed potatoes. So, uh, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, all those out in podcast land and listening, thank you. Uh, sometime this week, I'm gonna post a definite schedule of when the shows are, so you can catch the live shows, but also the links to. Be able to whatever you miss to be able to come back and catch it again. So I'll make sure I post that for everybody. But until Thursday, in the middle, that's the boss BJ. On the end, that's the midnight rider. And right here is the big guy KG. I will say we don't do no overtime, but we always do. Yeah, we always do. Ah, it's Ross. 
What's going on, buddy? I didn't know you was here, man. Ah, we gotta we 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 gonna have to catch Ross up because I I want to see who he had in this fifty three man roster because we got we gonna Washington's supposed to be active and they're gonna be active. Ross called it. You heard it here first. I'm gonna say that. So, uh, but until Thursday, uh, we did overtime, but we are out of here. Peace.